Welcome to The Waves. This is our Golden Bachelor podcast, episode five, Hedging Our Love Declarations. Every week, we're talking about the latest episode of the newest installment of The Bachelor franchise and 72-year-old Gary's quest for love. I'm Shayna Roth, senior producer at Slate. And I'm Laura Stasi, host of the podcast Dating While Gray. Laura, I am so happy to be back with you. We are down to the final six already, and after a couple weeks of some really kind of unnecessary fighting among the women, I just want to start by saying I loved opening the episode with four women in the pool dancing and singing. Yes, that was beautiful. I mean, it's like, it's almost like, I don't know, ding dong, the witch is dead. The negative energy is left. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does seem like Kathy may have been that sort of negative orb circling around the house. As much as I I really enjoyed Kathy's snark and wit, she did seem to be a bit of a slightly maybe toxic presence. Although, as she said in her words, I'm not a villain. That being said, if you have to say it, you know. Right. Now, before we dig into this episode, episode five, I wanted to talk to you about a great profile that came out in Vulture this week. It's by Molly Fitzpatrick titled His Rose is Timeless. And Molly spent some time with Gary and gave us some insight into his personality. And honestly, I have to say that Gary to me had been you know, a little vanilla, a little kind of "Ah, nice guy. Great. I get why they chose him. He's very, you know, he's very non-controversial. But this article actually made me respect and like Gary Moore. What did you think of it? Okay, you're asking me this (laughs) on the wrong day, Shana. Oh, no. Oh, because are you mad at Gary? (laughs) I'm so disappointed in Gary. I Mm. As a a dating while great journalist, I'm very disappointed in Gary. And I should have read this profile before I watch the episode. And I know I just need to get over it. We still have some more episodes to get through. I will say I thought it did give us some insight because he does talk about a little bit about his family. And he talks about how his late mother was an alcoholic and a drug abuser, and that he did not come from a very happy childhood. And I think that gives me now a little bit more insight into some of the picks he's making. I kind of made sort of an offhand comment a couple of episodes ago that maybe Gary has a savior complex because he's not necessarily looking for someone that he wants to be happy with, but someone who he thinks might be devastated if he doesn't choose them. And I think, yeah, I think Gary may be repeating some patterns. He said his father, you know, stayed with his mother, even though it wasn't necessarily a happy relationship. So Gary, please go to therapy, go to therapy and you you don't have to save anybody, Gary. Be happy on your own. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Well, Laura, I don't like to leave audiences in suspense. So what did Gary do <laughs> that made you so frustrated? He gave a rose to Leslie. He gave a pity rose to Leslie. And he did not give a rose to Ellen. And when I say a pity rose, I like Leslie. But she said before, her picker is broken. Her picker is broken. And when you say your picker is broken, that doesn't mean you're choosing bad people. That means you're choosing someone who is not 
necessarily the best person for you. And her picker is still broken. Gary is not for her. And she gave him this very, you know, and we'll talk about it, I guess, a little bit later. But she was so just kind of overwrought this entire episode. And I thought, what happened to strong, fun-loving Leslie? And also, she's a lot like Faith. And so Gary doesn't need two women like that. I do get them mixed up a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're both on the younger side. They're both, they look similar. They both have similar backgrounds. I will say I like Faith better. I think she's more grounded. But Leslie just appeared so desperate. And I think that's why I'm mad at Gary. I think Gary wants to save Leslie. And that's why he, that's why he took the rose, snatched the rose from Ellen's hands gave it to Leslie. Well, I also think that Ellen should have stayed. But personally, I think that Teresa is the one that should have gone. Mm. But we will get into all that (laughs) in a little bit. Let's back up first and dig into this episode from the start. Three women go home. And next week is Hometowns, which is very surprising because Hometowns is usually four women or four men, you know, it's you're going to four different hometowns. This time they're only going to three. It feels like this season is moving too fast. And I know that you and Daisy talked about this previously, but I don't know. What are how are you feeling about the pacing now that we are already going into hometowns next week and now that we know that we're only going to see three families? Yeah. And the three families that we're seeing, I'm not sure I'm going to be riveted like I might have been if there had been four. But as far as pacing, I thought last night's episode was fine because now that there are fewer women, we got to see a little bit more of everybody, I guess. I really like the kind of extended date, both dates, the extended private date, the extended group date. But I think if they had like even made the show 90 minutes instead of two hours, at the beginning, we could have gotten to know some of these other women who went home and maybe understood a little bit about why they went home. And so I do wonder what kinds of scenes the producers are cutting and why. I also wonder if maybe, you know, everybody's saying how great these ratings are and it's because it's an older audience. Well, maybe if the regular Bachelor were only an hour, maybe that would also uh, attract more viewers. So I I think it's kind of a little bit, I think it's kind of tricky to, to try to determine what the producers are thinking about with this revved up pace. I will say that had The Bachelor stopped, like the regular seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, not been two and in some cases like three hours a week of my life, I would have <laughs> I would have kept watching, but they got to be incredibly long. And I agree. There was a time last night when I was like, oh my gosh, Susan is still here. I, I don't know why. Like, I like Susan. I've really grown to enjoy the little bits of her that we get. To me, she's kind of like the big sister of the house. But I don't understand why Gary has has kept her there. Same with Sandra. I'm like, I love Sandra. I think she's fabulous. I, again, so sad that she's gone. But I have no understanding of why Gary was keeping her around for so long. Yeah, And I think that it would have been great to get more of that, to see more of these relationships that he was building. Yeah. And I kind of think we all knew when he, the person who got the private date, it was like, okay, Ellen's already had a a one-on-one date. Leslie's already had a one-on-one date. Teresa's already had a one-on-one date. When he chose Faith, we kind of all knew, okay, Susan and Sandra are going home. There's no way he's going to stay with them because he hasn't had any one-on-one time. 
And so maybe that's why they decided to keep only three instead of four, because that meant somebody who had had a one-on-one date with Gary was going to go home. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that one-on-one date. That went to Faith, and her reaction was, I mean, it was adorable. Faith. Ah! Oh, wait, what does it say? Oh, what does it say? You make my heart oh. sore, oh. Gary. Oh. Wait, what? You make my heart what? sore. Oh, as in S-O-A-R, not S-O-R-E. Okay, thank God. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm super excited. I'm so excited. It's been just a crazy time. I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. Okay, you guys, okay. I love you all. Gary picks her up. And by the way, again, can we please stop making Gary drive convertibles? <laughs> just, just let these women keep their hair intact. It drives me nuts. Anyway, it's the helicopter date, which is a true staple in the Bachelor universe, which is something that I don't understand. I mean, the only way you're getting me into a helicopter is if I'm having a medical emergency and it's the only way to transport me to the hospital. I don't trust helicopters. I don't want to be in one, but it's a thing in the Bachelor universe. So anyway, so they go on to this private yacht and this was billed as the ultimate, like most romantic dream date. What did you think of it? Was it the most romantic date ever? (laughs) Well, I do believe it was better than the ATV date. And I do think it was better than the don't stop believing date. I did like the date. Now, I think anytime you bill something as, you know, the best ever, it's, you know, it's not going to live up to the hype. However, I'll tell you that studies have shown that a sense of awe, A-W-E, helps with mental well-being And so when you're experiencing that awe with somebody that you're also kind of physically attracted to, it can really heighten the experience. And I do think that Gary and Faith have more physical chemistry. Oh, yeah. They were all over each other. I mean, they were just giggle. I mean, like you could just you could feel how into each other they were. Yes. And I feel like Gary, from the beginning, I feel like he's been most attracted physically to Faith. And so I thought it, I thought it was a great date. I loved their conversation. They had, there was substance to what Faith was saying. She was saying kind of Leslie-esque things, but with more maturity, a more grounded thing. She was saying things like, could we actually create a life together and have it be what we both want? And it appears, she told Gary, not, this is what I like about you. She goes, it appears that what you bring to the table. So it's like she's acknowledging, we don't really know each other, but I just want to express how I'm feeling about this. And so I I thought it was great. The one complaint I had was in the car, she said something about they both had online horror stories, online dating horror stories. And I'm like, okay, come on, give us an extra 15 minutes. (laughs) I want to hear those online horror stories. So, Well, as we learned in the profile, apparently Gary got catfished at one point and drove like 90 minutes to meet somebody who it turned out they had been sending pictures of their younger sister or something like that. And he still took them out to dinner. Like, I don't get that. What are you doing, Gary? Also, why are you not? I, I'm telling you, it's this whole thing. I, I'm, you know, I really feel like Gary needs to do a lot of self-reflection. Why can't you just look for someone that you would really have a lot of fun with? You could spend half your time in Florida playing pickleball. Half your time, but I'm sorry, I'm getting too much onto the Ellen. <laughs> 
going off on the Ellen tangent. But yeah, so anyway, back to the one-on-one date. I I thought it was a great date. What would your ultimate dream date be? I told you, <laughs> I'm not in the mood for any bachelor talk. Um, I'm having an emotional hangover after watching the episode. So I will just say, I feel like any dream date or your best date ever is just when it's in that kind of new phase and you're having fun, you're doing something active. And then there comes that point where you just kind of look at each other and you both know, okay, there's something here. This is not the end of this road. And I just think that would be a dream date. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Leslie is having a real hard time this episode. She's very vulnerable and talking about her past relationships not being the most secure. Today's rough a little bit. It is bringing back a lot of feelings. Watching somebody you potentially could be in love with taking someone on the most romantic date. It's just watching them leave, even though I know it's for half a day or a day or whatever it is. It's brought up a lot of emotions. And it just like, it just came up, you know. Are you having regrets? Of course not. Maybe I'm taking it a little bit harder because my past relationships haven't been very secure and it's hard. I wish I didn't feel this way. And we learn later on that she's been cheated on in the past, and this is something that she has clearly been hanging on to for a very long time. And Laura, you started talking about this earlier, about how this might be a case of she wants to be saved, Gary feels the need to save somebody. What is your prediction for if he does choose Leslie, like a long-term relationship like would like would any sort of relationship with these two work in your mind i don't think so i don't think leslie wants to be saved i think leslie wants to win i think she has decided and not because she's competitive like hey i want to be the winner but i think after that atv date she has decided he's for me i'm going to go all out to win and i do believe she is going to be bored. (laughs) I think because she doesn't need saving. um, I think that's pretty clear that, I mean, we saw a very vulnerable kind of low self-esteem kind of Leslie last night. And I don't believe that's her natural uh, self. However, I think Gary thinks, oh, I need to save her. But I do think Leslie will get very bored very quickly with Gary. How many times can they talk about, oh, you protected me when you drove way ahead of me in the ATV and then turned around and waited for me? I mean, that's no substance. Yeah. I mean, that's always interesting to me on these shows. I'm always Mm -hmm. curious what conversations are we not hearing because obviously I think producers would want to include conversations that viewers had already seen that is that that viewers have like a point of reference for but then i often have to wonder didn't they have anything more interesting to talk about that we could show and there has not been a lot of interesting conversations between leslie and gary even when leslie was talking to gary and telling him about how 
she'd been cheated on and how vulnerable she was being. It was just so different from how Faith, as you said, was was sort of conveying very similar past experiences in that Faith, I felt, was just very pragmatic and just very secure and just being like, you know what, this is who I am. This is where I'm coming from. These are things I think you should know about me. So that way we can keep learning from each other. Whereas it felt like Leslie was doing just this sort of like trauma dump. Please don't leave me, Gary. Please don't leave me. Yes. I didn't like that. No, no, no. So let's talk about the group date, which seemed like a very fun date. They go to the Santa Monica Pier and they ride rides and they play carnival games. And it seems like a great time. I thought it looked like fun. Although I will say Sandra, who was missing from the opening pool scene, she looked just a little bit like she still wasn't feeling well. I don't know if she still had the stomach issues (laughs) from the lactose that she had in all the ice cream she ate last time. Um, But she just looked, I mean, she still performed wonderfully. She's just such an athlete. I really admire her. I really like her. I don't think she's right for Gary, but I I really do like her. But no, it looked like a fun date. Who wouldn't want to do that? Sandra is my pick for Golden Bachelorette. Ah, (laughs) her, maybe Susan. I don't know. I think Susan is the person that you bring back to like chat with your bachelorette and I'll help them through it. I agree. Yeah, it did. It seemed like a fun time. And I yes, Sandra was just sort of like on the periphery the whole episode. I think even at one point, all of the women were in the frame. And then all of a sudden you see Sandra's head kind of like peek in. (laughs) That was during the helicopter. The helicopter flies by and then it's like, Sandra, get off your chair. And then she's like, Okay. And then she goes and sits back down. Yeah. I will say uh, the little bit of what we saw with Susan and Gary. So they have this, you know, group date. And then each of the women has a chance to talk with Gary one-on-one. And I will say they just showed a little bit of Susan and Gary. We don't know what they said. You know, it's like one of those quick scenes. But they, to me, looked so comfortable with each other. It looked to me like two old friends just having a nice long chat and we'd seen Susan also in the episode like comforting one of the women or talking to the one one of the women Susan definitely has a place in future bachelor iterations not as a contestant though they need to bring her in like you said like as the the house go to she could even take what's his name Jesse's place Jesse Paul there you go (laughs) oh I would love it if she hosted she would be amazing. She is just a, I just really, I admire and respect Susan. She has one of those personalities that really draws you in yes. and makes you feel comfortable. There's just something about her. And somebody who does not have that, in my opinion, is Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa. I know I've been gone for about two weeks, but in those two weeks, my dislike of Teresa has grown. She's not my favorite. Um, But she tells Gary that she's falling in love with him. And his reaction kind of surprised me. I don't want you out of my life, Gary. I don't want you. I just, I I feel like I can't live without you now. I feel like I'm so nice of you to say. I'm really falling in love with you, Gary. Oh, and I think that we could work. Oh, we could yeah, work. We, I think we, we could have work so much together. in common. Mm-hmm. It's always a joy seeing you. Aww. And I'm especially touched about the things that you've just said. I would go on any roller coaster for oh, you. Come I on. would eat any. Oh, God. 
I feel tonight is going perfectly for me. I got to say all the things I wanted to say to him. He didn't say it, but it felt like he felt the same way. It'll be worth the wait when he can finally tell me that he is falling in love with me. And I'm really looking forward to that. Oh my God, don't look. I want that rose because it's a hometown rose and that means the most to me. I really want him to meet my family. Tonight, Teresa tells me that she's falling in love with me. It makes me feel very special to hear her say that. And I have very strong feelings back for her. She is the picture of safety and security. She's just such a sweet person. They all are. I have been single now for So The Bachelor years. isn't supposed to say, I love you, to the contestants ahead of the finale. That's sort of like this unspoken rule. There's a lot of dancing around it. There's a lot of these, like, couched love declarations of, like, I'm starting to fall in love with you or I'm falling in love with you. But there was something about his confessional reaction that said to me that he wasn't feeling it especially given that Leslie says, you know, essentially the same thing. And Gary tells her, you're my girl. I mean, I really thought that Teresa was going home after that. And I thought her whole confession was just kind of desperate. I mean, clearly it worked, but I guess, what did you think of what was going on with Teresa here? Well, there's so much to unpack because yes, Teresa's practically, she's all up in his personal space, you know, giving that little, oh, she could, I mean, she knows how to flirt. I'll I'll give her that. Although I don't, I agree with you. I don't think Gary was feeling it. Um, And does he really, you know, she was using, you know, I've been on so many dates since my husband died. Oh yeah, really? You know, but I didn't feel anything until I saw you. And um, yeah, she felt like she couldn't live without him. And his reaction was, that's so nice of you to say. I know. I cracked up. I can't live without you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Right. Like, I know that he probably, the producers probably don't want him to say the same thing or like say, I feel the same way. But I think he could say more than just thanks. Right. And then he actually called her, you know, like he does like this little debrief for the camera. And he goes, oh, Teresa is the picture of safety and security. Okay. This is much like what you said. (laughs) It's much like what you said about when um, Gary hugged Natasha. This reminds me of, I'm thinking, okay, is that what you want to hear from somebody She's the picture of safety and security. Yawn, yawn. That's not sexy. No. That's boring. That's what you say to your cousin. Or your firefighter boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like, and, and so that's why I was so surprised. So let's let's talk about Ellen. So that's why I was so surprised. Like, he clearly has feelings for Ellen. And she had her game face on. It is the most important rose. You don't give a hometown rose unless you're seriously one of three girls. There are two roses left, one of which will probably be given out at tomorrow's group date. I need that group date rose because going into the rose ceremony with one rose and three girls leaving, I could pass out. And she had been my pick to win. And... Gary seemed to be very much into her, at least to me, more so than he was into Teresa. And yet he still picked Teresa over Ellen. I don't get it. Right. And we have to, we cannot pass over this major point. Before Gary told Leslie, 
you're my girl. He said that to Ellen. Oh, that's right. You're my girl. And that's he why. double used a line. <laughs> he double used a Harry. line. It's like, Ellen, you're my girl. Oh, wait a minute. Leslie needs me more. Leslie, you're my girl. Yeah. So I, you know, I did have a bad feeling about Ellen when he just, Gary did not seem as into her. And then when she went to kiss him, he kind of, I just thought he had a not great response to that. And I think I wrote on my notes, uh oh, is Ellen in trouble here? And when Gary told Leslie, you're my girl, I thought, oh, she's going to steal the rose from Ellen. So I, yeah, I think we, we saw that coming. I know you kind of like Leslie or you did like Leslie or. Well, I think the problem is, is I keep getting Leslie and Faith mixed up. So I don't know which one I like. <laughs> Maybe I like Faith. I don't know. I on it, but I thought that Ellen was going to to take it home. I mean, she had that great entrance. They seemed to really click immediately. And as we saw during the rose ceremony, you know, Gary asked to walk her out. You know, he didn't ask Susan or Sandra if he could walk them out. He just said goodbye. Okay, you're out of here. But he has to walk her out. And then he like takes her over to a bench and has like this weird little like final chat with her. I love the way she handled that. Okay, I got to go. You yeah. know, <laughs> she's like, all right, that's it. I'm over this. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So let's talk about that rose ceremony, which he was supposed to give a rose out at the end of the group date, um, but he said he couldn't do it and he needed another day to figure some things out. So we get to that final rose ceremony. Leslie gets a rose. Was not a surprise to me because of everything that happened between the two of them. And then the final rose goes to Teresa. Again, womp, womp, womp. And Laura, do you think Gary made the right choice. So, I mean, he is going to the hometowns of Teresa, Faith, and Leslie. It sounds like you think that Ellen should be there instead of Leslie. I do. But, you know, it's interesting because I just am remembering now that you brought it up, Teresa got the final rose. She's gotten the final rose for the last three weeks. So maybe Gary... So I, I keep thinking to myself, Okay, it was Leslie who took Ellen's rose, but maybe it was Teresa. Maybe he was like, oh, gosh, you know, safety and security versus having a lot of fun with a great person. But, um, yeah, I think the the hometowns will be, okay, I've never seen a hometown. I assume, (laughs) you know, they get a chance to meet each other's families. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting because how is... So we know that Teresa has grandchildren. We don't know if, um, do we know if the other women have grandchildren? I don't, but looking at the coming up on the next episode, it looked like there was multiple sets of grandkids there. So I think at least one other woman has grandkids. Okay. And, but, and two, Teresa's 70, but the other women are like nine or 10 years younger, I think. So that's, I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think it's going to be very cringy, honestly. (laughs) I think it's going to be, Normally, I find hometowns to be cringy in general because it's you're bringing somebody into your family in a reality TV environment. So there's cameras and everything else. And it's it's got this weird gloss over it anyway. And then there's people looking at you going, are you going to marry this person, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my whatever. And you have to look at them and be like, yes, after four weeks, I'm going to know. And I, maybe not even four weeks. Like it's just it's such an odd 
trope of this show to be like, you now have to come and meet this person's family. I don't get it. I mean, I kind of do, but also it's just, it's just all part of this like weird fantasia that is the bachelor. But I think especially because it looks like we're going to have so many kids because now there's grandkids involved. I think that's just going to be even more cringy. And also, I don't know, a little irresponsible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One of the kids is like, are you going to be my grandpa on the coming attraction? I was like, right. And I'll tell you guys. On this week's episode of Dating While Gray, it's called Dating with Children, and I interviewed a researcher, and basically she's saying that people 50 and older, nobody wants to date somebody who has kids that are still at home. Women don't want to date men who have kids at home, and men don't want to date women who have kids at home. But men, older men, also don't want to date women who have caregiving responsibilities, like for grandchildren, even if it's something as simple as, uh, you know, I'm going to go pick them up from the bus stop three times a week. Men really want to be the center of attention and feel like kids, whether they're actual kids or even grown kids sometimes or grandkids are taking attention that they require or want. And there's been a lot of talk about, okay, well, is Gary going to be the same because, you know, he's so devoted to his family? I would argue, yes, there's nothing about Gary that indicates he's going to put as much emphasis on a potential partner's kids and family as he is on his own. Why are we automatically thinking that? Yeah. I mean, I know that a couple of times somebody has said that has talked about, well, we're going to meld our families or bring our families together. But I don't know. I feel like overall, we haven't heard Gary talking a whole lot about his family. He hasn't seemed super interested in the families of the women as far as like the conversations that we've seen, with the exception of maybe Sandra when they FaceTimed uh, her daughter on her wedding. She missed her daughter's wedding for this guy. Are you kidding me? You know, I have to say, because I was very upset about that, but I got an, an email from a Dating While Gray listener who said, hey, calm down about it. I miss my daughter's wedding, and that's because they went off and did a little thing, and then they came back and had a big party for family and friends. So maybe maybe The Bachelor was calling it her wedding day, and maybe they did just sneak off to the justice of the peace. I don't know. So I'm going to... I'm going to officially give Sandra a little bit of a break. Thank you, Dating While Gray <laughs> emailer. Well, we will get a better sense of Gary's family feelings and all of that next week for hometowns. But then we have Fantasy Suites with two women. Oh, it's only two? Yes, because so after hometowns, it looks like they will be eliminating someone. Ooh. So then we'll be down to two for Fantasy Suites. And then it's the finale I believe that's how they're going to be doing it. (laughs) That being said, the season has gone by very differently than I was expecting it to. Laura, what are your predictions going forward? (laughs) So as we're in this very much a home stretch, it's almost over already. Yeah. So, okay, from what I understand of previous bachelors, somebody's come back, right? Has somebody come back? Can we bring Ellen back? For the love of God, can we bring Ellen back? I hadn't thought about that. I mean, so what usually happens is if somebody comes back, it's essentially that person demands to come back and the producers are like, oh, yeah, let's do this. It's not like on Survivor where they've been like sent off to an island and like they get to compete and then come back. It's usually like 
somebody is like, no, I demand to come back and I have to talk to them. And the producers are like, this will make good TV. So I don't think, I think these women have more dignity than that. Absolutely. No, I was thinking maybe it was kind of a fan favorite thing. Bring Alan back. Okay. So I predict we all have been talking about Leslie and Faith being so similar. I think he's got more of a lust connection to Faith. So whether he decides he would rather save Leslie or be lusty with Faith, or we've got safe and secure Teresa. I predict he's going with safe and secure Teresa. I do. Interesting. Interesting. I think, honestly, I think he's going to go with Faith just because of that insane chemistry that they had on that date. And honestly, there's a part of me that's like, he's he's fed up with Teresa. I don't know why she's still here, but I think he's over Teresa. There's just, I just have this feeling that he might be over Teresa, but for some reason he's keeping her around. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Faith. You're going to go with Teresa. Not happily. <laughs> not happily. <laughs> well, but justice for Ellen. But they can't. But they can't have a final with Faith and Leslie, right? Because he would be, he might get confused. Yeah. <laughs> what was your name again, honey? <laughs> Which one are you? No, no, the ring is for the other one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm the mature one. She's the vulnerable one. <laughs> yeah. But th- I was going to say, don't you think, I mean, or do you think, is Faith too self-sufficient for Gary? I mean, I think she is self-sufficient. I think that I'm not sure because honestly, at this point, I still don't quite know what Gary's looking for. I think you're right with his savior complex. I just don't always know that he's going to follow through with it. He seems to kind of go back and forth on some things. I will say this, though, that if they were to get together, she would be the one to break up with him. Oh, yeah. In the long run. Yeah. Is my thinking. Whereas I do agree with you that if he picks Teresa, she's not going anywhere. And we're all going to fall asleep. <laughs> yes, she will latch onto him like some sort of leech. Yes. And not go anywhere. They'll show their wedding and then their honeymoon, they're going to be in the recliners snoring. I mean, it's going to be one of those kinds of things. It would be. It would be. And maybe they'd enjoy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. To each his maybe own. they'd like it. <laughs> well, I can't wait to watch all of it with you and see how it unfolds. Laura, thank you so much for digging into The Golden Bachelor with me. You're welcome. I'll get this chip off my shoulder before the next time we talk. That's it for us this week. The Waves is produced by myself, Shana Roth, and Vic Whitley-Berry. Daisy Rosario is Senior Supervising Producer of Podcasts at Slate, and Alicia Montgomery is Vice President of Audio at Slate. Make sure to check out our regular episodes of The Waves every Thursday, as well as Laura's podcast, Dating While Gray, also every Thursday as well. You can have a little double feature to close out your week we will be back next week for another scintillating discussion of gary's quest for love until then find yourself a susan yes or if you can't find yourself a susan be a susan i'm laura stassi For many of us who are looking for romance again after a long time off the market, there's a new wrinkle, so to speak. I haven't had a serious relationship since my son was born. (laughs) I find it pretty hard today, you know. Um, I say that I just really need a boyfriend between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. only. (laughs) Dating with children. (laughs) How about grandchildren? 
That's this week on Dating While Gray, the grown-up's guide to love, sex, and relationships. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.